0: All right. Welcome to He's Done It, a Mostly Sports Podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined today by my co-host Brian Wells. Brian, it's good to be back. It's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing okay.
1: I I I can't say I've it's been awesome these past four or five, six months, whatever how long it's been, but it's I'm doing all right. I mean hanging in there, I guess is the best way I can put it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But hey, sports are back. You know, the past three weeks, it's been a lot of fun with that. And uh, like sports being back, we're back as well. Uh, And, you know, we're going to just kind of get into this, have a a fun conversation about what's been going on in the uh, sporting world the past few weeks, maybe even the past few months, because like we said, we haven't, this is our first podcast since May. It's been a full three months now. And, you know, before we get into that, I do think it's fair to give you, our listeners, some transparency, kind of where we've been uh you'll kind of you know i guess start off with the elephant in the room there are three of us on the podcast cover all right there's only two of us recording right now and um you know i guess to keep it in the simplest terms ben is no longer a regular host of he's done it um and it's not like a color daddy situation or anything like we're, we're still on good terms with him. It's just that Ben is kind of pursuing other things right now when it comes to content creation um, and podcasting, even Apple chat. He's barely making episodes of uh, his focus these days definitely seems to me more on like video and uh, Twitch streaming. So you know, he's just looking to do different things. And I, I think that kind of because of that is like, well, how do I go about this? You know, do I want to just have a podcast as me and Brian? Do we want to try to find ways to get a third person? Do we want to keep doing this at all? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to do this again. I think that it's been sad not having this as a big hobby. I don't know about you. I'm sure you've been missing it. No, I
1: I definitely have. I mean, I'm actually kind of glad we took this break because... If we were going at the same rate as we were months months ago, uh, I just would have been, I don't know if depressed is the right word, but I definitely wouldn't have been, I'd like to be pumped for these episodes or the, these recordings that we do, but if we were doing them at the rate we were doing them the past few months, uh, it would have been just like, oh, Coronavirus when do you think sports will come back. Oh, yeah, oh, I know. Look at these protests that are happening. What do you think about that and the George Floyd thing? Like it just would have been just sad stuff to talk about. And that's why I enjoy sports cuz you get to, you you get to escape reality for the for everything that's going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that, you know, sports have been doing a good job of, you know, while they have been an escape, kind of letting us know that, hey, this is still a reality going on, um, and it's conversations that still need to be had. Uh, but I, I do agree in the sense that it was kind of getting the point where, like, all of our conversations are, oh, when are sports coming back? Are they back now? You know, like, ooh, how is this going to happen? Like, is it okay? Like, yeah, you know, I, I want sports to be back, given that it's safe to play. Well, you know, we don't have this have those conversations anymore. They're back. They're they're going strong for the most part. So. With that, let's get into it. Okay, so Brian, sports are back, and I don't know about you, but the past three weeks, uh, I've been watching whether it's baseball, basketball, or hockey—something like every night, every day—and it's it's been it's been pretty cool. Like it sucked not having them for four months, but having all this stuff going on like throughout the day has been has been awesome.
1: Yeah, I've been watching the sports nonstop after the after the huge break we've had, and. Quite frankly, I thought they were gonna be disastrous. I mean, with just with COVID going on and but uh but the bubble games, particularly the NBA and NHL, they've been huge successes. I, I thought I thought they'd be disasters. Uh, it looks like the players really care and wanna win and are putting their best effort into into winning these games and going after the the titles that are in their sports and uh I've enjoyed the product uh, immensely. Now, baseball, I have a little bit of a different opinion on that, but regardless, I love that sports are back, and it's, it's, it's blown me away.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we can get into baseball at some point here, but, uh, yeah, the bubble is definitely looking like the way to go if you want sports to go smoothly. Um, not even just the NBA and the NHL. You had uh, both the Major, major League Soccer and the uh, National Women's Soccer League put on bubble tournaments and they were very successful. Uh, You know, WNBA is doing the same bubble concept the NBA is doing in Florida and they've been going very smoothly. Once you get these guys and girls in this environment, they're able to uh, separate themselves from society and keep COVID out. So uh, it definitely seems like that's the way to go. And, you know I, I don't really have a whole lot of concerns right now when it comes to are the uh, nba playoffs and nhl playoffs going to continue and like you said they've been very fun well you know to an extent the uh, stanley cup playoffs would have been more fun for me if the uh, penguins actually wanted to be there and didn't get upset they, by montreal they, like they did they but. clearly
1: did not want to be there especially if they lose to montreal of all teams a team that does not deserve to be in the playoffs whatsoever
0: no and Carey Price was really good in that series but it's still like when you have all of the talent that Pittsburgh does you know beyond just uh Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin of course you know bringing in uh Jason Zucker and Patrick Marlowe as scoring threats you had uh Jake Gensel come back healthy and they just could not score on Price and you know the Flyers are playing them now. Of course, a big in-state rival, and they're they're up three to two. So the series is far from over. But um, it it definitely seems like the Montreal is a beatable team, and it's it's been sad that Pittsburgh is uh, is out of it like they are now.
1: It clearly there are teams that just don't care whatsoever, and they just want to get the heck out of there. And for my for my fandom in the Bruins, I was thinking I was thinking that exact same thing where. They're in the red ro- round robin. I almost said red robin. <laughs> the round <laughs> robin, they went zero and three, and it looked like that they were just they were just done. But and then all of a sudden they have the Tuca situation uh, after game two, but right before the start of game three, he opts out of the playoffs, and Halak has to come in and save the day. And even though Carolina was an easy opponent, the, the Bruins had to go through some adversity to win that series and and they were awesome uh, in those last few games. And not only were they without Tuca, but they were also without Pasternak, their number one goal scorer. So even though it's Carolina, to go through all that adversity and win those games uh, shows that they are in it to win it.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think that you're kind of underestimating the Hurricanes like they, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year they they're a very talented team I they, didn't expect the Bruins to finish them off in five games like that they
1: they have a ton of speed uh, on their team especially their first line with Aho and Svechnikov and Ter, uh, Tervinin, but it's still not it, the Bruins are a, a much more superior team but Carolina is they are on the rise so I guess I'll give them I'll give them a little bit more credit than I, than I just <laughs> Yeah, did. I
0: mean, so living in Raleigh, literally across the street from PNC Arena where the Hurricanes play has definitely made them up there for me. Uh, you know, being in the same division as the Penguins makes it hard for me to, like, root for them all the time just because this is direct competition. Uh, but this series was interesting for me because... I've kind of been vocal in, in the past, even on this podcast, and I'm not a huge Bruins fan, and Tuka Rask is a big reason why. So as much as it was kind of fun to see the Bruins struggle those first five games, I do love that they're 3-0 and since Tuka left and Jaroslav Harak t- took over in goal because um, – like as soon as Tuka opted out, everyone is like, all the Bruins fans have the different takes about whether or not you should be okay about it. You know, how like Tuka quit on the team and stuff. And my thought is, well, the Bruins actually have a shot at winning the Stanley think, Cup now. I that think Tuka's they have a playing.
1: better shot with Halak in that than Tuka. And I'm not saying Halak is better than Tuka, but I'd rather have uh, Halak 100% engaged in that than Tuka just half-assing it out there. In game two... When it was tied at two, Dougie Hamilton had a this huge slap shot that no one could stop. But if you look on the replay, Tuka barely even made an effort to stop the puck. And then after the loss, he gets interviewed after the game and he just talks about like, yeah, I'm not worrying about the results. I'm just trying to have fun out there, which is just absurd. You don't want to hear that when your team is trying to win a Stanley Cup. So I'm actually and another thing is I I think Halak is actually a great goalie. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying he be He's an one elite up.
0: backup. He,
1: See, I think he's one of the better backups in the league, though. Like yeah. It's either him or Marc-Andre Fleury is the best backup in the league. And he's even sharing the Jennings Trophy with Tuca uh, this season. So uh, I'm not saying he's the best, but I think I'd definitely rather have him in net in than Tuca if Tuca's not going to be fully engaged.
0: Yeah, and know you brought up that comment a little while ago now, but that's that's one that it's funny, the coverage that it got, because you know people want, Athletes and coaches and whoever to be totally transparent with the media, and that was Tuca was just straight oh, up, like, just straight yeah, up you know, yeah, I'm just I... trying to have fun. Like I don't really care about the playoffs. Like there's not fans here. It's not the same, and everyone gets mad about him being just brutally honest. So. Now, as
1: a as a Tuca hater, how how f- we actually talked about this after Tuca opted out. How funny would it be if twice he's on the Stanley Cup, his name is on the cup, but both times. He didn't really have anything to do with it because in 2011, uh, it was all Tim Thomas. It was Thomas. all Tim Thomas after he got replaced uh, after what happened in 2010, where they're up three nothing to the Flyers, and then he just collapses, and, and throughout the rest of that series, and then this season he opts out, and then all of a sudden Halak just goes on a tear and helps the Bruins win a stealing Cup. I just think that'd be pretty funny if, if you're not, I if think you're it would be awesome
0: here. yeah very hilarious if uh if the Tuca opts out and then the Bruins end up winning the Stanley Cup again without him because like my thing with Tuca was he blew the 3-0 lead against the Flyers in 2010 both in the series and in game seven and then the next year Tim Thomas wins the cup but then the Bruins go back to Rask and I'm just like I get kind of the fallout with Thomas that he just decided he didn't want to play that lockout short in season but It's still, uh, you know, it was still sad seeing Tim Thomas not in goal anymore for the Bruins, and the fact that Tuca just continually has these like failures on the highest stages. You know, losing in the Stanley Cup Final like brutally in 2013, Game Six, and brutally (laughs) in 2019, Game game Seven seven, last year. Yeah, and even like the Montreal series in 2015, like they're the one seed and he loses a Game Seven at home and. And then they missed the playoffs a couple years in a row, and it's just like, all right, yeah, come on, Tuca, like, what are you doing in goal? Like, get forty-two-year-old Tim Thomas out there. I've wanted,
1: I wanted uh, him to be traded for, for years. But I will say, last year, I mean, outside of Game Seven, when it literally mattered, mattered more than any time. I will say he was pretty tremendous throughout that, yeah, those playoffs. So there's a part of me that kind of feels bad for him. Uh, for for everything that happened and then just blowing it in game seven and especially since some of those goals the first goal was his completely his fault giving it up five hole but some of those other goals were pretty was were pretty bad uh you know in front poor play in front of the net by their defenseman so i part of me wants to crap on him but part of me also kind of feels bad for him
0: Yeah, I mean his reason. I heard that he actually had like a a a family family emergency, medical emergency. Yeah, like a legitimate thing for him to leave. It wasn't even just like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm quitting on my teammates. But you know, if if the Bruins do finally win a cup this year with Halak and goal, you got to think that that makes the likelihood of Tuca you know leaving Boston. Another another
1: thing is, if it was someone else, like let's say it was Bergeron that had the family emergency and had to leave. Well, first of all, they would have no shot of winning the cup, but. It, fans wouldn't crap on him as much as tuka because Tuca has had a lot of like negative things in the past it's not not just the oh, losing, yeah this isn't not new. just the losing in pressure situations but also just there was one there was one year i think it was 2016 or 2017 where he, it was the last game of the season and they needed a win to make the playoffs and then he calls out because of a stomach bug and then they end up losing <laughs> the game and they missed the playoffs so there yeah, there have been past situations where tuka has not just lies, but also quit, kind of, uh, in yeah. in the mo- in the bad moments.
0: Yeah, so you know we'll see what happens here for, with the Bruins. Um, I will say though, even though I don't really have a team at this point, who I'm like very much, I really want to see them win the Cup. Like they're they're my number one team. Uh, it's been so much fun watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, and it, it, to me, like those are always the best playoffs because every night there's so much action going on, games going to overtime, and now you have games going on in the middle of the afternoon. It's it's great.
1: Uh, as a as a big hockey fan, I I would say that it's either hockey or college basketball the biggest jump from the regular season to the postseason or tournament.
0: Oh yeah, I mean to me March Madness, you know NCAA men's Division one basketball tournament is the number one postseason in sports. The Stanley Cup playoffs might be number two. I think that the first round in particular is really what's great, but you could say the same thing about March Madness opening weekend. Yeah, the first round uh, where it's like upset all the action going on, yeah. So um, I, I assume that you tuned in to some of the, uh, uh, the five-overtime game between Columbus and Tampa?
1: Uh, some, yeah, but not <laughs> all five overtimes. I'm not going to watch yeah. that.
0: <laughs> no, I I mean – I I didn't watch a lot of it. Um, I think I first started watching when it was in overtime, and then and you know, I just kind of like turned it off. I think started watching NBA, and then next thing I know, I find out that it's going into a fourth overtime. Like an hour later, I'm like, whoa, is this is still happening. Uh, so yeah, at that point, I watched the entire fourth overtime, and then all the you know the fifth overtime before the Lightning scored. But that that was like an incredible game, yeah, Nathan, fourth longest in NHL history. That
1: forced the Bruins hurricanes game to be pushed back to the next day that's how long yeah it and i don't know i don't uh-huh. think the nhl planned for that where no no i don't I mean, think they do realized it until that, that, like, that moment like, like oh wow this actually can happen and we got to actually postpone games to the next day
0: yeah yeah but i mean it's one of those things where like i feel like it got so much coverage in terms of like the nhl playoff especially being literally the first playoff game that i, I think the nhl was like all right what, what can you do this is fine
1: what do you What's your take on having games go that long if no one can score? Do you think? So my opinion, I think I'm at, I love overtime in hockey, and typically, typically they'll score the goal. It'll happen at some yeah. point. It's just if it gets that long, I do think. So like, let's say it goes a, a one full overtime and no one scored. I think at some point they should make it four on four or three on three in the next overtime.
0: See, I I understand that, but I feel like that starts getting too gimmicky. Maybe not in the Stanley
1: Cup final, but maybe in like the first round or second round. I don't know. It's just I just I mean
0: I I don't like. I think I understand the idea because you're literally playing when it when it gets to that fifth overtime, you've already played two entire games, and then starting to go into what is a third one in terms of the equivalent of, you know, three periods because over time periods, it's another 20 minutes. It's the same thing as playing another game. So I understand that idea. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's one of those gimmicky. things where all of a sudden now it's, it's no longer the same hockey game. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I I like it. I think that the fact that it's only there's only been three longer games in NHL history than five overtimes. Like even one when, when was the lost four overtime game, I feel like that that was a while ago. I remember in 2013
1: um, in the Stanley Cup final, the Bruins and Blackhawks in Game One that went three overtimes and yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. And I thought it was. I mean, the Bruins did end up losing that series, but I thought it was just I thought they weren't gonna come back, but they ended up responding the next couple games but it's still the yeah. the drama does kind of lessen after one or two two overtimes
0: I no, I feel like you're just at that point you're just like having like so many heart attacks like watching it as a fan if you actually care about the team that's true um, I don't know for me it's like I don't like when the uh, you know the any idea of like the playoffs just being anything different um, you know, than like what you had in the first and second overtime. I think they just got to keep going, and it's not going to happen very often. So it's kind of fun to talk about I right just, now. I and... just think
1: those six hour games, no matter what sport it is, it's just, it's just brutal, and I just want it to end at some point. I rem- remember the remember that game, uh, the World Series game, the Red Sox and Dodgers were in <laughs> yeah. it game three, and the last eighteen, 18 innings. innings, like seven hours. I was just like, oh my god. I yeah. want this to end, like put a runner on second or something. Have a home run derby contest, and
0: all right. Well, hey, I mean that seems like a good transition into baseball. You know, I, I didn't necessarily think like, we we don't have an outline here. We're just kind of talking. Yeah. I didn't think that we would I... go hockey, baseball to start the show. I, but hey, we're talking about it. Let's let's get into it. So baseball has been doing a lot of fun things. I you know, if you will, I don't know if I necessarily agree that they're fun, but they're they're different to try to speed things up given what's happening you're playing a 60 game season and you had guys just take four months off. They want to be able to speed things up. They want to be able to get people in and out of games in terms of the players. And one of the things they're doing is putting a runner on second to start extra innings. They're playing seven inning double headers. Like, how do you feel about that? Cause I know you, you, you're saying like, you're a big, uh, speed the, the game. Pa- up the pace fan
1: of, been... the pace of play is by far the biggest problem the sport has. So I'm, all for anything that speeds up the game. Now, I'm not saying that they should make, like, three balls. Ball three, take your base, or strike two, you're out. I don't want I don't want them to completely change the rules of the game, but I do think it needs to speed up a bit because the game gets less and less interesting. I've barely have paid attention this year to baseball and the Red Sox, and I can't even imagine how you feel because there was one point where it could still be true to this day, but uh, the Red Sox and Pirates... We're twenty ninth and thirtieth in the league at one yeah. point.
0: No, it's I'm I'm pretty sure that, that's still the case. Oh my like, goodness. I was so excited for baseball to come back because, like, I, I'm a big baseball fan. I I love the sport. Um, I I was never good playing. I was always terrified at the plate. Like, I know you've talked about being the uh the ultimate pinch runner. Oh, yeah, in Dave, high school, like you Dave you're, Roberts, you're a much Jr. bigger baseball guy in terms of playing than me, but. I'm a huge baseball fan. You know, I'm not going to say that it's my favorite sport, but I, I've loved it. And, like, I, people, you talk about, like, speeding up the game. Like cancel, I'm, you know, I'm a big short in the season. I know.
1: I I mean, now at this point, maybe I'm kind of a hater of the game, but I really am, like, brought up as a kid, I really was a baseball guy. It was my number one sport playing and watching. I, I was so invested yeah. in the game, especially during the 04 year when it was the Yankees-Red Sox- Huge
0: rivalry. 2004 Red Sox, my favorite team of all yeah, time. Yeah, and I so. agree with
1: that. Out of all the teams,
0: it doesn't I mean, matter what. you the team that even, got me into sports. Even with the line,
1: six so. Super Bowls the Patriots have, like, I would stay. if you ask me who's my favorite team, I still would say the 04 Red Sox.
0: Yeah, so all that being said, Yes. The current MLB standings, you know, at the time of recording, the Pirates are 4-16, 30th overall place, and the Red Sox are 7-18, 29th overall place. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, so I was so excited for baseball to start, and like, I didn't really have high expectations for either team, but I didn't think that they would be the worst team in their respective league. Like, I, I knew that the Pirates had a lot of holes in their roster, but I thought you know, given the sixty game season, like maybe they could put something I together. Al- I also
1: thought the same thing for the Red Sox. I didn't think they'd be a playoff team, but I at least thought their offense could do enough to carry the rotation and make it like right? a five hundred season and win. enough
0: ten to eight games here, yeah. It's just that just hasn't happened. It's it was like I remember just. Early in the season, so, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez was pretty quickly shut down for the year, which, like, that's another thing with the whole, like, sports should happen, athletes should be fine. Like, that's COVID, a a heart condition, that it's not going to kill him. He says that, but it's enough to shut him down for the season. There there
1: are obviously players and people in general who are asymptomatic, and it doesn't really affect them. But hearing what Rodriguez talked about, about his COVID situation, how he felt... Like he was a hundred years old with with the with the COVID virus. Yeah, it's it sounds scary for his for his sake. Oh yeah. So I'm glad that they shot him down, so he doesn't have to deal with it anymore.
0: It's it's just not worth it in this season. Like given like how bad things were already looking for the Red Sox, but now it's like having Nathan Avaldi as your number one starter, Martin Perez number two, and then a bunch of guys. Is like who are they? Why are they starting it's, it's, these games? It's Avaldi
1: like, and four Jags.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible, just like how how bad that team looks right now. And yeah, I mean, maybe the trade deadline will be fun. Just being being. Oh yeah, I'm gonna and, be <laughs> looking on my
1: phone twenty four seven on that one.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna have Jeff, yeah. Jeff
1: Passan, Tim Kurchin, and Buster only. I'm gonna have the alert, on, Twitter alert, on my phone that day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, we it, for. The one thing I will say though that I really like about the sixty game season is the universal DH. Um, you know, as a fan of both an American League and a National League team, I get to see both sides of it. The concept of pitchers hitting was really cool for a little while, but once you actually see it in action, just see like how bad pitchers are as hitters, I'm I'm totally in favor of Major League Baseball continuing with this rule I th- going forward, but then abandoning a lot of the. Uh, you know pace of play rules that they put in place for this season Uh,
1: stick with the pace of play (laughs) we'll 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 agree to disagree on that forever uh and then when it comes to the universal dh yeah i've wanted universal dh since i was like seven so yeah it's been a while since they finally finally it took a co it took coronavirus for that to actually happen Uh, so i'm all for they've been talking about
0: it for a while but yeah i mean that it made a ton of sense in this season, especially when you have like the American league and national league teams, just all, you know, playing each other with the, uh, the divisional setup. Um, it it made a ton of sense to do that. So hopefully they continue that one moving forward. Um, that being said, you know, we're talking a lot about the written rules of baseball, but baseball is in the headlines this week because of unwritten rules. So, you know, just catch, catch up some of you at home. The, uh, the San Diego Padres are playing the Texas Rangers on this past Monday night, and San Diego is up 10-3 to in the top of the eighth inning. Um, and their young star player, Fernando Tatis Jr., I believe he's 21 years old, he's at the plate, and he gets a 3-0 count. So one of the unwritten rules of baseball is when you have a 3-0 count and your team is winning by a lot, you shouldn't swing. Uh, basically one of those sportsmanship rules, a kind of, uh, all right, let's 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 not run up the score here. Well, Tatis swung and of course, what does he do? He hits a grand slam because he's amazing. And uh, after the game, the Rangers' manager, uh, Chris Woodward, called it Bush League, and then Padres' manager, Jace Tingler, agreed with him. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this unwritten rule, you know, everything that went down, and I guess unwritten rules in general?
1: I think unwritten rules are stupid. <laughs> I think... I would say get over it. I I don't I don't see what's wrong with that. I remember when speaking of unwritten rules. Remember when uh Arod uh he there was a foul ball. They were play. They're playing the A's and there was a foul ball and Arod instead of running the bases backwards, he went. He crossed the pitcher's mound and Dallas Braden got all whiny about it and just I I hate unwritten rules. I I think it, I think I think baseball players in general are. Just crybabies, and I think they should just get over it.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't remember that episode, but no, so not, it was an episode. It was
1: it was a game like
0: I know, no, I <laughs> I'm just using that term. <laughs> um. So I uh. Okay. I guess I I have a few thoughts on this. So first off, seven run lead in the eighth inning is not an insurmountable lead. You know, if if the Rangers score four in the eighth, three in the ninth, that like that's that's not an improbable thing to happen. That's literally two home runs, and all of a sudden you have a tied game. So I think it is absolutely reasonable for Tatis to want to hit a home run in that situation. And, you know, it goes beyond the fact that he's this young star player and everyone should want Tatis to, you know, hit bombs because he's the future of the sport. Uh, Second, so would you agree that when a hitter in baseball puts a ball in play, he is more likely to get out than to get a hit, let alone to get a home run? Because that's how baseball works, and guys, naturally, as Ted Williams said, baseball is the only sport where you can go one for three at your job and still be considered really good at it.
1: Oh, that's a wow! That is a great quote. I, <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah,
0: like literally, the odds of him hitting a you know getting out grounding into a double play there were probably higher than him hitting a grand slam. Or just hitting like, a normal flat ball hit a home run on command. So, yeah, I, I um, don't, I don't see a problem with it. Yeah, so like if he got out there, obviously the Rangers manager isn't going to be as upset as he was. It's like one of those things. Yeah, he hit a grand slam on it. Like that's the outcome you have, but it's a non-story if he pops out to the second baseman cuz he's, you know, an inch or two under it. So, yeah. Um I that that's another thought I had there where it's like, yeah, he hit it out, but him swinging there could have just been like a as dumb idea for a totally different reason. Um and then finally when it comes to unwritten rules. So, I'll admit that I'm a I'm a pretty big sportsmanship guy like that might be a soft take but I'm, I'm someone who doesn't like having the score run up on them and I don't like running up the score on another person like whatever it is whether it's me playing actual sports even like in video games like I, like there's it's just one of those things that I I guess maybe I just have like a you know certain kind of moral about me like, you know i, I I'm, feel bad like, for other people i'm just like no mercy when it comes to this <laughs> yeah <stuff. laughs> yeah and like i feel like that's what most people are but it's it's just like kind of you know i i understand i don't think situationally that's a bad thing but i, I understand for the most part like if a game is over you don't want pitchers throwing certain pitches or batters you know trying to keep the game going longer because guys just want to get out of there and you know everyone talks about just like forfeit the game like all right come on now but like you want the game to end like you want guys not to get hurt you know not have anything stupid happen like let the fans go home and not sit there for an extra 30 40 minutes than they have to um you know, all that being said, I totally understand the idea, like getting rid of unwritten rules and, you know, just letting guys that are professionals just, you know, sportsmanship doesn't need to be a thing. Like it's, it's whatever, I, like, I, I, you know, if you're going to cry about it like that, then I get this, Yeah, like you just look silly.
1: I get the sportsmanship thing. I remember when I was like nine years old, our, I was on a baseball team that went undefeated. We literally did not lose a single game and our, our in the championship we literally mercy the other team that's how good we were and i remember there was one game we had where we played the worst team in the league and they were an expansion quote unquote expansion team so they were they had like all their all their players were not very good so we, wait what does that
0: mean expansion team so
1: like... there was a, when i got called up to majors in yeah. the league i, I was in there were like nine team eight or nine teams but then there were more players that wanted to play and so they decided to make another team a 10th so team so all the leftover kids yeah, just got Yeah to... so there were a bunch of leftover <laughs> kids <laughs> okay on that team yeah and so we were killing them one game and uh and yeah we decided to not not run the score and try to make it a little bit more fun for their team
0: Yeah. And I mean, when you're kids like you absolutely should do that. Like if you're going to try to run up the score on like a random team in Little League, then you're you have a lot of problems as as a coach. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. In in the professional game, I think it's one of those things where like one of those unwritten rules that you hear across sports is uh, don't mess with another man's job. And, you know, the 50 point loss in football or the the 15 run loss in baseball, whatever, that's going to. Affect the other person who's given up on the losing side than the person on the winning side in favor. So I understand from that point. But the fact of the matter is, it's a 10 3 game in the eighth inning. That's not an insurmountable lead. You got a young star at the plate. He shouldn't have to take a a pitch there. And all of a sudden, that 3 0 count that he has an advantage turns into a strikeout um, and let the kid hit let him hit a home run there and uh you know the next day he steals Sportsmanship 6 nothing in the 4th inning Sportsmanship, is is
1: that really something that's on your mind when you're 21 <laughs> and you're probably not you're, no i mean you're he's to up there he's just player. like having
0: fun like yeah that that's what baseball should want right now all that being said though i think this is a great story for baseball because it got people talking about the sport and you know it it's a west coast game that nobody was watching but then the next morning they wake up and they see all this happen and they hear about all this stuff and now everyone's all on twitter like trying to outwoke each other about oh yeah like unwritten rules like you know if you don't want to give up a 30 grand slam don't get a 3l count all this stuff and it's like you guys are all just arguing with yourselves everyone has the same exact opinion about this
1: yeah i guess oh. any press is good press i mean especially before the season even happened there were obviously a lot of uh, talks between the players' union and and MLB, and it was just nonstop madness. But it was it got people talking about the sport. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, things are looking really bad. I think baseball definitely had a lot of blunders, but you know, it's it's good that they've been able to keep going. <laughs> Obviously, the the Marlins and the Cardinals were bad situations with them. You know, missing like multiple weeks because they had COVID breakouts on the team. Uh, but it seems like since that happened, most teams are taking it seriously. Um, although the Mets tonight had to cancel their game because a player tested positive, so uh, I'm sure so, Major so... League Baseball went one one consecutive day without a game having canceled by COVID, and now they're already back to zero. It's like one of those like you know days without an accident at work. Um, you know that's baseball's new days without a, a game canceled by COVID, and it's back to zero. Isn't
1: the, uh, the Cardinals record? Isn't it like? They it's played like, like
0: six and five, <laughs> if that. Like six and seven now, every
1: day. They played 13 games.
0: I think their plan is to play like 53 games in 45 days yeah, or something ga- like that. Yeah, and a
1: gazillion double headers. That's, that's going to yeah. be nuts.
0: um Now, baseball, you know, as much as it, it's been making news for, I guess, generally positive or at least not harmful negative reasons, there is a, a negative that kind of came out yesterday, which. Um, so tom brenneman uh i'm yeah i, I'm I sure heard this you, yeah i heard about this star. yeah 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 so um he uh i guess is now the the former play-by-play announcer for the cincinnati reds uh was on a hot mic and he used a homophobic slur which uh you know he said the of, hot mic he, he said the no, f word yeah he said the f word he said that I don't know, so I don't know if he was talking about Kansas City where the Reds are playing San Francisco. Like, I, I don't know that it would be what the context would be for Kansas City. So I assume he's talking about somewhere else for whatever reason. And uh, right before he was about to come on for the pregame, the hot mic picked him up saying, uh, "Blank capital of the F word, yeah, yeah, the F word capital of the world," which like first of all like how why are you talking like that in 2020 like given everything that's happening like literally right as you're about to go on like your microphone it, to me it seems like absolutely it should have been hot there because it was literally like yeah the f word capital world and the reds are ready for game 2 with their double header like what <laughs> um I, so yeah i mean absolutely deserves to you know all the follow up that comes from that
1: as he was apologizing i loved it yes so as he was apologizing he all of a sudden is still broadcasting the game like you're on TV. <laughs> People can see how the game is going. You don't need to. You don't need to go back and forth with it. You can just go on with your apology.
0: It is the most unreal thing. So like yeah, he's not only is he broadcasting the game in the middle there's a home run yeah. hit in the I, middle of his I, apologies. I like, I'd like to sincerely
1: that. apologize to all the fans and there's a deep fly ball to left field and it's gone for a home run
0: it's just yeah I mean it's like n- like not even joking his exact words I'm like I consider myself a man of faith as you know Cassianos hits this one deep <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a home run four nothing reds like this might be the last time I ever wear this headset like it, it was it was incredible. Um, and. Um The best part about the whole thing was Cassianos hits a home run, uh, and the area he hits it, there's a, um, planet fitness advertisement that says judgment-free zone. Oh my
1: God. No way. Wow. (laughs) is the
0: absolute irony. Yeah. (laughs) That is Yeah, Tom Brenneman, no longer the, uh, the Reds announcer, no longer on, uh, Fox NFL Sunday. They, they, uh. He won't be broadcasting games this year. That came out today. Uh, Hard to imagine he'll be broadcasting again for a while. Um, I don't know. Have you seen the TV show Brockmire or at least heard of it? No. So it's, um, I think it was on IFC. So they actually just stopped airing. I've never watched it, um, but it was on from 2017 to 2020. I'd heard about it and uh, it's about a baseball announcer. And I've seen he, parts um, of it.
1: I, I just Googled it. Yeah, like, yeah. I
0: do remember a little bit. It was,
1: yeah, I do remember a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So
0: he literally like the whole premise of it was he goes on a rant about his wife cheating on him as part of an orgy with his neighbor while broadcasting game. It's literally the exact same thing. Like as a Tom Brennan apology. He's like talking about it. And it's like, I don't know, that pitch misses low and the count goes full and it just keeps going on. Like, see kids, this is like, it was it's just incredible i i highly recommend just looking up the clip like um brock meyer meltdown on youtube and you're just like yeah this is literally just a tom Brennan thing and it's also hilarious it's it's very much um you know TVMA, uh you know family podcast still right so i won't get too much into details but uh if you want to want to be a little horrified but also laugh at the same time that's i i recommend looking into that and uh you know, it's it's literally just like a life imitates art with with Tom Brenneman um, and this Brock Meyer show. So, all right, I feel like we've kind of exhausted our baseball talk at this point. Um, do you want to talk a little NBA action? You bet. Yeah, so I'm. I'm. We're actually like, you know, we're recording in the middle of a game right now. The uh, the beat beating the Magic, seventy six to fifty eight in the third quarter. It seems like this game is fairly well in hand for Milwaukee, which is got to be comforting for them considering they lost to Orlando in game one. Uh, and, you know, it, I think that it's fair to say, at least to this point, the Bucs have been fairly disappointing in the bubble. Um, you know, they, they're the number one seed in the East because they were so dominant to begin with, but uh, they have definitely looked pretty shaky at times. Um,
1: yeah, I, I their play in the bubble regular season definitely was not, definitely not their best, and... And then in game one they end up getting blown out by the magic. But I still think they're gonna be okay. Uh I think you said earlier that they're blowing them out right the Bucks are blowing the Magic out right now. Yeah. Yeah. I...
0: yeah. The Magic scored thirteen points in the first quarter on three for twenty four shooting. <laughs> wow, that's that's brutal. Yeah, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, I I feel like Milwaukee is still the best team in the East, you know, despite how the play has looked in the past few weeks
1: they're they're a vulnerable team it does feel like at times it's just Giannis and a bunch of decent guys but I think Middleton at times and blood so at times can be really good and just looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference I mean I think the, the only other teams that could really compete with Milwaukee are Toronto and Boston Maybe Miami or the winner yeah, of the Miami's Miami. Kind of the maybe. Yeah, Miami's a maybe if Jimmy Butler can carry them. But uh, and the, but I I think it's going to come down to Milwaukee or the winner of the Toronto Boston series, assuming both those teams advance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're selling Chris Middleton a bit short. Like, he, I always said an all-star. Have. Like he's I, a legitimate. I did last like,
1: year. I still do to this day. I still think it's Giannis is the the top guy, and then. Yeah, everyone I'm else is kind of decent.
0: Like I know there's a step down from Giannis and Middleton, but I think most number two guys that you could replace Middleton with, there would be a step down from. Um I, I still think that Milwaukee is a loaded team because of Giannis the Kumpo. I mean, if you look at the other teams in the East so we mentioned, Toronto has been phenomenal. Um, you know, both in the regular much, season and the bubble. Much better they don't have quiet anymore.
1: Yeah, much better team than I expected. I did not think mm-hmm. they'd be a two seed losing Kawhi
0: no and I mean Pascal Siakam has stepped up even more like it's incredible to think that he could have very much won the most improved player award back-to-back seasons (laughs) um you know Kyle Lowry is still a, a a great point guard in this league you know he's not in that ultimate top tier but he's he's the kind of guy who's been around for a while that savvy veteran who now has NBA finals championship experience and uh you know, Toronto has a lot of solid big men and beyond just Siakam with uh you know Serge Ibaka, OG and, and Obi is
1: getting definitely getting more playing time.
0: Yes. Yep. as well. Yep, Terrence Davis. Like they find all these guys out of nowhere, like Chris Boucher and like they're they're adding impact. Of course, Fred Van Leed at this point, everyone is very familiar with him. So yeah, to me I I feel like the Raptors are the biggest challenge to Milwaukee, you know. As I'm I'm very much a Celtics fan and I'm I'm optimistic about the team. I think having Gordon Hayward injured is is a bit of a, you know, a hard thing to overcome.
1: No, I to- but- I, I totally agree with that actually. I So, before the Hayward injury, I would have said the Celtics, but I think given the Celtics' depth or the rest their bench basically after Smart, it's kind of non-existent. And when you lose Hayward, you're basically replacing him with 10 minutes of Ogilvy, 10 minutes of Grant Williams, 10 minutes mm-hmm. of Wanamaker. And it's just that, that's not the best kind of replacement for, for Hayward or Brown or Tatum. It's just it is a pretty big drop off after the starting lineup. So I do, I definitely have concerns once they get past because Philly sucks. They're going to, they're going to beat yeah. Philly. Uh,
0: Philly, it's, it's incredible. I was so high on the 76ers this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: I had them as a 2 seed go, like yep. in the at the beginning of the year, I predicted I think we predicted them we, to yeah, be Yeah, we both had them losing in Milwaukee. Yeah, as mean, two, we
0: we said Milwaukee and Philly are 1 and yeah, 2 and then I, it's a drop
1: off. I I had them as a 2 seed for like maybe a few days and then I realized <laughs> like yeah, this is still going to be the same crap.
0: Just so much talent and just so many issues with chemistry, and now Even, you lose Ben Simmons, e, yeah. and that team is just a mess. Even if like, Ben
1: Simmons was there, I I think I'd still take the Celtics. Uh,
0: yeah, well, so that, okay, like, I feel like the whole season, you and I had very differing thoughts on that because, yeah, the whole year the Celtics were better than the Sixers in terms of, like, record-wise, but in the matchups, Philly, yeah, Philly won the first three games Philly's when they played each size other. size-wise
1: could have if if Ben Simmons was healthy uh, they probably could have matched up well with the Celtics yeah. since they have way I mean, more size on their team than the
0: Celtics do. Al Horford was you know the big Joel Embiid yeah softer, and then and now he's in Philly and like to me it was like all right that's it the Celtics can't compete with the Sixers <laughs> little did I know Al Horford just sucks there yeah he's and, he
1: looks washed I don't know if it's because of the team he's on or if it really is because he's getting yeah. up there
0: I mean, you can't help but think that the Celtics lucked out that he decided to go to Philly and not resign with them a little bit. Yeah, because...
1: I was, I was, I kind of wanted him to stay because I really thought, all right, switching Kemba or Kyrie to Kemba, yes, Kemba's not as good as Kyrie, but I thought that would help their team a lot more given yes the horrible chemistry, the chemistry that they part. had the past year. So if mm-hmm. if that was like the only change, I would have legitimately thought like, hey, this could be a championship team with Horford as the big man still and has done a great job i i part of me would have wanted horford to come back but after seeing what how his first year went with philly i don't maybe it's a good thing that he didn't come back yeah
0: and i mean i think it's reasonable to believe that he would have been better in boston you know the environment he is familiar with playing the center position instead of the power forward position which he's really not a power forward in today's nba um you know i that all that being said like Philly is in a mess. Like what do you do if you're the Sixers? Obviously you got to think Brett Brown only has fire the coach you know, Two is one games thing. Left.
1: Fire the coach. Get someone that could really uh force Embiid to I don't know, put more effort. I know he's the only one there now with Simmons gone and it's it's him Tobias Harris at times and a bunch of bench guys. So I can see why Embiid's not putting in the full effort right now, but it's just there are just times where he he's just lazy. And he mm-hmm. doesn't put, in, he, he can have amazing games. He can turn it on and just go off for like 40 points, 15 rebounds out of nowhere.
0: But he's been so good this series. Like he's, he's played awesome. Like the yeah, past th- two games, he starts out on fire. The whole team starts out on fire. He has, so, and then he, they just he, fall off. He after has the first so much quarter, talent.
1: Though. He really is like a top 10 player uh, talent wise. I just, I just think he needs to be coached up more. That's, that's my thing. So yeah, first thing I would do is fire fire is it brent brown brett brown Brown, whatever yeah Yeah. fire their coach and like figure it out from there
0: it just feels like al horford and tobias harris are both terrible contracts that will be like impossible to move and without making some kind of sacrifice whether it's just you know not getting anything back or having to give up value to get value they
1: both have still have like three years left on their deals right something like that. Tobias Harris I think is four oh, years boy. it was a five-year deal right. yeah
0: and then Horford is three years after this so
1: yeah those are both brutal contracts I don't know how you get how you get away from those.
0: yep yep so the uh yeah I mean I I feel pretty good about the Celtics chances I would I even with Simmons hurt I didn't think it would be a sweep I'm definitely much more optimistic about it after last night's game um you know, with the Celtics blowing them out, especially after falling behind early. Yeah, the, the um, I was beginning getting ready g- to say, hey, I told you, Brian, be- Like <laughs> the Sixers are good. Be- but
1: Beginning of that game, yeah, I thought, oh oh boy, this is going to be a series now. But then all of a sudden, Philly just tanked in the second half, or really just after the first quarter. They just got blown out, and yeah, I don't see them coming back at all. Yeah, I'll admit, I'm I'm a bigger Sixers, Sixers-Aider than you.
0: No, I mean, I hate the Sixers as a team. But, like, you know, that's, like, the whole rivalry aspect. I, I, just, I feel like they're, they're a lot of talent. They just can't put it all together. Um, and it's going to take some kind of major change for that to to turn around in the the next year. So, you um, know, I, I guess one thing that I've noticed, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's really been talked about a whole lot, is if you look at the 16 teams who made the playoffs, you know, the 8 in the East and the 8 in the West, I don't know if you could have more perfect matchups for the playoffs. You know, we've we've talked about Boston Philly now. That's a big rivalry. Indy
1: versus Miami, TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler with all that trash talk going on. I'd love that matchup. I Miami's yeah. bowling them out right now. Uh, but I I really thought that was going to be a still could be maybe a seven game series it's only 2-0 yeah
0: Yeah, i know it's it's miami's won fairly comfortably you know 10 points or so the the past few games so you're right that's it's a big rivalry with jimmy butler and tj warren who tj warren like he had a case to be bubble mvp after the first few games just going off Uh, uh, every night Yeah,
1: outside of lillard if it wasn't for lillard he might might have been bubble mvp yeah
0: um and then i mean you know looking at it milwaukee orlando toronto brooklyn it's like all right you know two of the three teams of Brooklyn, Orlando and Washington had to make it. So, you know, I guess Toronto, Brooklyn, I don't know if I'd call it a rivalry. I I'm thinking back to that 2014 series when, you know, Kyle Lowry was like first there and the Raptors were first becoming like a legitimate team and you know, Paul Pierce watched him in game 7 at the buzzer.
1: Paul Pierce and uh, yeah,
0: that that Nets team. Um <laughs> but the Western Conference, I feel like it's it, it's another thing where like the three six and four five matchup totally on point. Houston, Oklahoma City, you have Westbrook, Russell Westbrook versus too. old team. Obviously, he's not playing right now. Right. And not obviously, he's hurt, so he hasn't played the first two games. But you still have Russell Westbrook and James Harden going up against Chris Paul. So that's fun. Yep, and then the three six Denver versus Denver Utah. Utah those are two teams both play at high altitude it's both know, both good division.
1: both boring but good teams
0: yeah well, well cuz like you look at them they're kind of similar in the sense that they're two star players you have a star guard in Donovan Mitchell at Utah mm-hmm. and then um, Jokic. Jamal Murray in Denver and then you have a star center with Rudy Gobert in Utah and Nikola Jokic in Denver i feel like those are two teams that match up pretty well i was really high on the jazz coming into the season um if Boyan Bogdanovich didn't you know get hurt and have to be shut down for the bubble I think Utah would be in a much better shape than they are but now I'm totally shifted where I'm looking at it I'm like Toronto's the biggest challenge in Milwaukee I feel like Denver g- could very easily challenge the two LA teams uh when it comes down and Michael, to it and you'll know, find their way in the finals and
1: Michael Porter has kind of broken out in the bubble as well oh yeah
0: he's been awesome in the bubble um you know it, it took him a while It's it's unfortunate kind of how his career looked like it was a little derailed at the start but They're seeing all the talent. Uh, Definitely looking like a steal with the 14th pick a couple years ago. Uh, But to me, I just feel like Nikola Jokic, it's him or Embiid, the best center in the league. And if I look at a lot of teams, they just can't compete with that.
1: Uh, One guy I'd like to mention, Porzingis.
0: Yeah, Porzingis. Oh, okay, that's another thing. It's like Porzingis has been phenomenal in the bubble. Luca Luca's been phenomenal, and now you end up with the Porzingis Luca versus Kawhi and Paul George. And that's that's a really exciting matchup. The Mavericks are like this is a team that's kind of like the future of the NBA against the Clippers. You like that that's your present right there with with Kawhi. I love
1: the both those matchups, the the LA matchups. So Clippers versus Mavs and Lakers versus Mavs. No, I I expect both LA teams to still win, but I really I'm high on both those teams to making it at least a yeah. series. They're, I think they're both well. Portland's up one nothing, but Dallas tied it up yesterday and made it one to one. Now, yeah, I can see both, those series, can see both of those series going six we just, or seven. Yeah, those series going six, we just, or seven yeah. Just said the same thing, yeah.
0: And like I would have said that going into the series, yeah. like even before Portland and Dallas got wins early, mm-hmm. um, and I mean you know Portland and LA, it feels so like had going through into the bubble. The Pelicans have they've always been like my Western Conference team. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about this a little in the the podcast before the whole origin. My dad got me a Charlotte Hornets hat when I was like three, four years old. And then I just became a Hornets fan you know, through New Orleans, through their change to the Pelicans. So I was like very high on the Pelicans going into the bubble. It's like, yeah, they they're just doing this to get Zion in the playoffs. It's gonna be great. We're gonna get that, you know, Lakers Pelicans matchup with, you know, Anthony Davis versus Ingram and, you know, Zion versus LeBron. Uh but the Pelicans sucked. Like to me, like they're very much uh the most disappointing team of the bubble. I think
1: everyone had that exact same opinion where like, yeah. oh, Zion, we're gonna get him in yeah, Le- him and versus LeBron, they're gonna squeak into eight seed. But yeah, they were not only did they not make it, but teams like te- Portland, of they course, finished
0: with the worst record Me- in the Memphis- bubble in terms of the Western Conference.
1: Portland, uh, Memphis made it interesting in the playing game.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then the best team, arguably, the Suns going eight and zero.
1: Yeah, the Suns, literally and figuratively, the hottest team uh, in the bubble.
0: Yep uh and it's, it is it is kind of disappointing that we didn't get to see Phoenix um get a better shot at the playoffs you know obviously they knew what they had to do going into the bubble they knew that going undefeated wouldn't be enough because they were so far back in the standings but i think most people would have rather seen portland against phoenix than Portland against Memphis, especially with how bad Memphis had been in the bubble and having Jaron Jackson Jr. injured. Memphis
1: at least made it interesting in the playing game. That they was did. one of the most I want to be in that a closer was, game than I expected. That was one of the most inter, one of the most entertaining games uh yep. since the oh, yeah. since the bubble games have started.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's been great seeing a lot of these games come down to the wire like that. Um, but The bubble just kind of made me realize, hey, Portland, you know, as as much as I didn't really want to see them in the playoffs, like I've never really been a huge Blazers fan. I definitely found myself rooting for Portland because it became pretty apparent that not only was Portland the best of those teams, but they absolutely had the best shot of not just competing with the Lakers, you know, like beating them. And they're 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 up one nothing. You know, like you said, I I also agree. I think the Lakers a win. I don't think that I, Adam Silver got this bubble to happen just for LeBron to lose in the first round. I thought, but
1: that was pretty yeah. funny that when we did the NBA preview for the start of the season, I when we did the playoff, got to the playoff part of it, I was like, oh, I got Portland over the Lakers, and obviously yeah. that was kind of hot takeish. And it's funny that. They're up one they're playing them and they're up one nothing but i I don't really believe that, but I do believe that they can absolutely make it a interesting six or seven game series i especially yeah, with Nurkic and,
0: back. you know the the Lakers were not good in game one, you know LeBron had a triple double, but Anthony Davis struggled from the floor. I think they went like four for thirty one as a team from three um could not shoot. Portland won, but they didn't even look all that like much better themselves. So I don't think that's a case of, oh yeah, the Lakers had to play one of their worst games of the bubble for Portland to beat them. I think Portland absolutely can continue to make this a series and you know make these games competitive no matter how good the Lakers play. Do you
1: think the Lakers are they're too top heavy after LeBron and AD? Like, do- yeah,
0: oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's kind of been the whole story ever since LeBron has joined LA where it's just like Having his teammates like they just don't necessarily. I don't know if I I would say they don't fit with him because it feels like the Lakers should be a better shooting team than they were in Game One, but that that's been like a huge thing with them is that they need to have those kind of floor spacing players, it, and it feels like the Lakers don't have that. Yeah,
1: and it definitely hurts that Avery Bradley opted out, and then Ray yep. Rondo just got hurt and is now out. I know, for a I know, months. like no playoff Rondo. Yeah, and. Just seeing Alex Caruso get legit minutes probably shouldn't happen <laughs> on a team that's a, a one seed in the
0: West. Oh yeah. No, it's, I, so um, there was a, this, this debate was happening on um, first, I think it was first take. Uh, yeah. With, with uh, Max Kellerman and Stephen A we We're kind of discussing, you know, do, is this the year that the Lakers need to win? And I mean, I, I'm curious. Like, What what are your Pro- thoughts on uh, that?
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, if LeBron is – LeBron's like 35, right? He's mid-30s, he, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be a year only, He's year. only going to – he's already on the back nine of his career, so he's only going to get worse from here, I'd imagine. And, I mean, if they can get another star player to form a big three, then maybe they'll be okay. But, I don't know, it feels like his championship window is decreasing. Or getting smaller, I mean.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, yeah, we can say if they get a third star, then he'll have an even better chance next year. But Anthony Davis is a free agent. If the Lakers lose in the first round, I think that the odds of Davis returning take a huge hit. So, to me, the Lakers, I mean, does that necessarily mean, mean that they need to win the finals to keep Davis? No, but... That's they got to be thing. competitive. And then, they
1: got to at least make the what West Finals versus and face the Clippers or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So if the Clippers win the Finals again, then Kawhi back to back titles. He's just that's and all of a sudden like the rest of the team has championship experience with Paul George down to like all the other guys on the roster. You could say the same thing about one Milwaukee if Giannis gets a title this year. And let's not forget. The Golden State Warriors are still a thing. Hey, I
1: like I I had them
0: going the West Finals.
1: <laughs> it did not work yeah. out, especially after Curry got hurt. But watch out next year.
0: <laughs> I think no, I agree. I think that they're going to get there, especially if they can find a way to get Giannis on that team. Like, just how how incredible Golden State's going to be again. You going to got a year off there, but you know if the Warriors are. You know, assuming that in order to get Giannis, they would have to trade the uh, top five pick that they're about to get in the draft lottery. If they were to trot to out a lineup of say Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Draymond Green, and whoever you want to throw at the center position, you know they can bring back Zaza Pachulia. I don't think it matters. Like that, that team is absolutely a legitimate contender in the Western Conference, and you know probably ahead of the Lakers. So I
1: I totally forgot uh, Andrew Wiggins was, was, was on the Warriors and yeah. Giannis definitely could leave Milwaukee and go to,
0: they would have to trade him for him to leave this season. But, um, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I absolutely think that things are only going to get tougher for the Lakers if they can't figure this out. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that they falter, (laughs) you know, like, it, it feels like the last 10 years i was kind of thinking about this and like you know just some of the teams that i root for in the nba how they're they're fairly disappointing you know the celtics have been pretty decent the past few years but they they still haven't really felt like a true championship contender um you know the one year they were a one seed that went like what 52 and 30 and then <laughs> yeah isaiah the thomas following...
1: 5 foot 9 isaiah thomas carrying the yeah.
0: team and you know the following year it was great seeing jalen brown and jason tatum Expedite their growth, but it it still didn't feel like they could compete with LeBron James, which ultimately held true. And then last year, the team was just embarrassing with Kyrie Irving. So, you know, this year I'm kind of like, yeah, they they're good with Kemba in at point guard now, but it still doesn't feel like they can. They still don't feel like
1: a championship team. They they seem they still seem like maybe an Eastern Conference Finals appearance again kind of team, but yeah, they need a legit big man. I, Tice has been great. Tice has been a lot better than I expected. Uh I like I like yeah. the occasional 10 to 15 20 minutes of Ennis Canner at times. Uh Robert Williams Time Ty, Lord uh he's he has a ton of athleticism but he's super lazy uh on both ends of the floor that I just don't have a ton of faith in him ever developing.
0: So anyway, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't feel like I've rooted for a true championship contender in the NBA in about 10 years. And I have spent the last decade just rooting against LeBron and hoping that he doesn't win another title and that the Michael Jordan LeBron goat debate stays in favor of Michael Jordan. Just saying that I, I would I would rather see the Warriors dominate every year if that means LeBron doesn't win a championship. That, that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I, I hate wow, that. You, so I love the idea of LeBron's just continuing to kind of sink down to the point where that's not really even wow, a concern. Wow, you,
1: you really must hate LeBron if you'd rather see Warriors domination than
0: than see him winning a Yeah, you know, I, I just don't understand how Celtics fans cannot. Like, after all the torture that he, he put that team through, for you know us as fans, like from 2011 onward, it's I, I don't know. I, it's just I don't understand how he can be considered a good guy for a Celtics fan.
1: <laughs> I I mean I'm definitely not a. He- I actually feel like I I defend LeBron more than more than most. Like I'm not a huge fan or a hater. Like I'm just super neutral with LeBron, but I feel like I I defend my I defend him a little bit more than I probably should.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Any defense is a bad defense. Uh, that being said, he <laughs> as much as I don't like him on the court, he has been really great off the court throughout all this. Um, I don't know if you saw, he was wearing um a. What I saw the mask. Like, if that's what you're talking about, yeah, yeah, it looked like a MAGA hat, but it, it had like instead of uh what make, make America make America great again, it was like make America arrest the cops, arrest who the cops Breonna who Taylor. shot Breonna
1: Taylor. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw which, that. Well, it, it was, so SportsCenter tweeted that out. They, they tweeted out an image of that. And I'm like, yeah, well, this is something that I would like, except the caption is Playoff brawn. And I'm like, I'm not going to support Playoff brawn. You know, I'll, I'll support this support The support is, yeah. I'll support his hat, but I'm not going to support Playoff brawn. I'm just, like, looking at it. I like, okay, this is 15,000 likes right now. it would have three times as many if the caption was anything other than Playoff brawn. Like, even if it's just, like, bronze hat eyes emoji or something like that like I don't know I mean I get sports center not wanting to be political even though I, I feel like you know ESPN definitely does have a a political leaning um yeah I don't know uh regardless let's let's get lebron out of the bubble in the first round so that way he can he can continue to use his platform in in better ways other than playing basketball right is that that's you're,
1: you're you're rooting for portland just because you want LeBron out of there, I'm rooting for Portland because I want to see an upset. Because the NBA oh, yeah, doesn't sure. have the NBA doesn't have enough of enough of those. It's always the chalk. It's always mm-hmm. the teams that you know are good are gonna win or be there in the at that's, the end.
0: Yeah, but that's definitely what it's to, been like the past few years. So it would be kind of cool, especially like in this bubble environment. It kind of feels like this is the time for something crazy to happen. So yeah, let's it, get if, that eight seed to knock off a one.
1: Yeah, if if an eight seed. If if the trail I don't expect the Magic to beat the Bucks, but if the Trailblazers can beat the Lakers in round one, I wanna see the bubble every year.
0: Oh yeah, right? I, 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 love, totally believe, I do love I don't totally the idea mean that, but
1: I work. really I wanna see upsets. I wanna see unpredictable series.
0: I know, we we've had that in hockey. It's time for basketball to get that. Um it's ninety nine to eighty two Milwaukee right now with seven fifty seven to go in the fourth quarter, so it does feel like the Bucks are in good shape. Um but yeah, I'd much rather see the Lakers lose as a one seed than the Bucks lose as the one seed. <laughs> All right. So uh, you know, let's 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 talk a little football before we we get this uh, you know, get done here because you know, we we've been talking about this whole bubble thing, how it's going great. We've seen baseball have some problems. You know, they've they've been able to survive for the most part, but they had two teams just basically wiped out for a couple weeks, and I feel like football, whether it's at the professional level, the collegiate level, or even all the way on down, is gonna have a lot of those similar problems, and if anything, even more because you have way more players on teams.
1: You have way more players, and then you also have a ton of coaches, a ton of trainers. It, yeah. yeah, there are, there are a lot of people, and the collegiate level is a different, a no, a whole nother story because. They're student athletes, so oh, yeah. so then after the games, they're going to class. They're going there to are class, thousands they're, of they're students on campus
0: with students who are partying. Like it, it's it's crazy because, like, so you know, here in the Raleigh area, you had UNC Chapel Hill open; they were open with you know kids going to classes in person for a week and a half before having to shut down to go online because of too many COVID outbreaks. NC State made it two weeks before they're gonna have to shut down to COVID outbreaks. So, it's I understand why the Big Ten and Pac-12 just decided to preemptively cancel the fall season and they're not trying to move forward with it, like you know, along with other conferences, you know, the MAC, the Mountain West, Ivy League, whoever, because there's just so much liability that comes with it, and you can make an argument that these players, you know, it, it just speaking at a collegiate level, would be safer if they're being constantly tested and monitored, but. If you're trying to have football happen at the same time as regular college, you're gonna naturally have outbreaks, and the NCAA, like all these conferences, don't want to be able to say, "Yeah, we had a football season." Oh, and players died because they got COVID. You know, and it, I understand like why they don't want to put that risk, and especially like you said, they're the students; you you they're not expect, professionals; they're not getting paid. You they're can't
1: like, expect the. 18, 19, 20 year olds to just fall, all of them to follow the rules. And no, you can't. Social like, distancing guidelines. And 100 all, players all, on a team. A chunk of them are, a decent amount of them are still going to go out and party. Yeah, I mean, we've it's, already seen that it's in some incredible. schools.
0: Like all these teams that have had all these outbreaks. Like the so University of Oklahoma. They, uh, you know, the Sooners. Um, what's his name? Lincoln Riley decided to let his players have a like a week break. You know, go home, go wherever. Season's not going to start on time, so he does that, and then everyone comes back, and nine players test positive. Like, it's it's just like I just don't see how the NCAA would be able to avoid that. You know, any of these college teams, and I understand there's so much money at stake here, but you're talking about. 18, 19, 20-year-old kids whose lives are at stake. So I'm very much okay if college football doesn't happen because of the liability factor. And, you know, if they wanted to pay the players and put them in bubbles and, you know, say, hey, they're not just students, then yeah, let's go for that. That's not going to happen. So
1: I can't imagine it working out, especially since they're not just athletes and they're student Mm -hmm. athletes. And they have other responsibilities and they're, around other people besides their teams
0: yeah and i mean just looking at it from from my own personal perspective you know as a south carolina gamecocks alum and fan i know my priorities on game day i'm all about the tailgate aspect going to the games you know with my friends and just having a fun time understanding that there's a good chance my team will lose we went four and eight last year i'm not Super optimistic about this team on the field this year, and even if like you know things come together decently well, it's South Carolina is not a national championship contender. They're like six teams in all of college football with a shot of winning a national championship. So if I'm a fan of Ohio State, yeah, I'm pissed that the Big Ten canceled. But if I'm a fan of Northwestern, it's like uh, okay, like yeah, whatever. So I don't know. Maybe that's just like the way I'm looking at it. I would rather them hope that there's like a vaccine available and that they can go on successfully in the spring and that, you know, we can figure it out. I, then you kind of run into the problems of having like two seasons in eight months, which probably isn't that much better, but I don't know. I can <sighs> see,
1: I I can see it from your point of view. Cause, uh, as, a, as again, I, a Bruins fan, uh, they're one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup again. And after the horrible loss that they had last year, I really wanted needed them to come back. So as a as a fan of a team that is really good and has a chance of winning, yeah, I want I selfishly wanted wanted them to come back. So I'd probably if I were an Ohio State fan, then yeah, I probably would have that feeling of, man, we gotta have a season, we gotta have a season. But but if I'm a fan of a four and eight team northwestern or south carolina team then yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm not gonna
0: i'm not gonna be upset by any means if they do end up playing like i'm gonna watch the games every saturday hope everything goes well both on and off the field but i'm just i don't know it's i just can't look at this in the same way that i look at the nfl where i'm like ben roethlisberger is coming off an elbow injury like he's 38 years old like I, i feel like this team is running out of time they have all these uh you know pending free agents that are a key part of the roster like i really want there to be an nfl season i want to see this team on the field get a shot because i don't know how many more chances i'll have right now as a sealers fan to see them win a super bowl yeah Uh, and And so i
1: also want to see what cam newton is like on the patriots and then i want to see how tom brady does with the bucks
0: yeah and that's i think that it's a lot more reason to be optimistic about the NFL because of the fact that the players get paid. And they're they're putting the risk for millions of dollars. And, you know, it, my hope is that the NFL season can go on without too many bumps in the road. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as baseball if they have to cancel games, where you can just say, we're going to play a doubleheader. You can't do that oh, with football. Yeah.
1: So, There's no... It's so much harder for football because, yeah, like you said, baseball can just oh, we'll just postpone some games and we'll have double headers that no one's watching anyway. And, but for football, it's it's Sunday and Monday and Thursday, mm-hmm.
0: but and, but only sixteen games, games a year, and then you can't have double headers in football. <laughs> no. So yeah, no. like, you can't even play back to back. You know, every three days, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, and I mean, when you look at football. Of all the sports, that's the one where the coaches are very much going to be, oh, yeah, you got COVID, suck it up. You know, don't, like, all this, you know, play, oh, you're asymptomatic? Like, no, you're not going to sit you out. You'll be fine. Like, it's just a virus. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> and Bruce,
1: As, and Bruce Arians was like, oh, uh, it's not a matter of if the players get COVID, it's when they get COVID. Yeah. Oh, no, I it. I agree. <laughs> I mean,
0: if you're traveling around the country, you're going to be a much more susceptible to get it than if you're, staying in a bubble or, you know, staying in one place. And it feels like what we saw with baseball, they were able to get guys healthy and not spreading the virus when they're in training camp or, you know, summer, whatever they called it, summer camp. But as soon as they start getting out of that environment, they're, they're going to casinos and, you know, whatever, they're just traveling and coming into contact with people. So uh, it just I don't know it, it that's gonna be the biggest detriment if if the uh if there was a way to have a bubble for football then I wouldn't be concerned but i i'm I It's don't a lot know.
1: of teams and a lot of players mm-hmm. uh, for to have a bubble i mean you'd you'd obviously have to do it like n h l where there are multiple locations or yeah multiple bubbles to to have these games in but yeah element i have i have my doubts about football, but i selfishly want want the season to go
0: on no yeah. no absolutely I, I agree I feel the exact same way about it so we'll see we'll uh you know we'll, we'll continue to uh you know talk about that situation We'll I'm I'm playing fantasy football I know you are we're in lease together we're gonna we're gonna go go forward with it like football's yeah, happening and I, I definitely <laughs>
1: I definitely will go hard in, in fantasy football yeah. this year. Both,
0: both baseball and, uh, you know, both MLB and NFL said that they're looking into bubbles for the playoffs. So if we get to that point, it's it seems promising. We'll be able to finish and crown a champion. So, all right. Um, so I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, you know, with, at this point, we'll have had a draft lottery prediction. Who wins it? For NBA draft oh. lottery, it's about oh, to happen. NBA dr-
1: yeah. NBA Draft Lottery? Oh. Yeah. Um,
0: Tell the winners. Who who won it? Who won it? Golden State listening? is my... Golden State. All right. Um, I'm going to say that the Minnesota Timberwolves won the lottery. That, that's my prediction. Okay. So, yeah. The Minnesota Timberwolves won the lottery. The Golden State Warriors also won the lottery. So, uh, yeah. If, that, that That's what happened. And then who wins the Portland Lakers game?
1: I'll go Lakers because they're down... One nothing and they really need to get back in the series. All right.
0: So the Lakers evened it up. Another triple double for LeBron. Anthony Davis finally, you know, stepped up and played well in the playoffs here. Uh they they figured out how to shoot. Danny Green, K C P both had great games. Uh yeah, so the Lakers tied it up. It's one to one. Everything's right again. And uh yeah, Lakers Lakers are ready to win four games to one. How does that
1: sound? Oh, four four to one? Oh, I'm I'm not going that though. I'll no. say they win. I'll, I'll Portland say Portland won.
0: Portland won. actually it's it's 2-0 are the, are the blazes gonna sweep the Lakers
1: no so I so I was saying game two <laughs> yeah the Lakers are gonna win but the series I'll still say the Lakers but I'm gonna say seven games Lakers okay and seven I games. mean
0: we we're just trying to update the listeners who listen to it tomorrow morning and talk about oh. that game <laughs> <What> happened?
1: <laughs> can update them for next week next or next episode yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and then in hockey, the, uh, the Capitals and the Islanders,
1: uh,
0: New York's up three to one.
1: Yeah. I, so I made a bracket on NHL.com because they had a bracket yeah. challenge. I picked the Islanders to beat the Capitals. How many games? Uh, I picked them in sixth though.
0: So All I decided right, so would have to, Washington won last. So
1: night. I'd have Washington winning. All yeah.
0: right. Yeah. Washington won. No, but that didn't happen. The, the Islanders won that capital. We're an anti-Capitals podcast. Don't forget that. <laughs> Um, you
1: yeah you're you're the Penguins <laughs> yeah. fan though so I'm not I, I, they I'm blocked us on Twitter oh that that's yeah, not so good we yeah. all hate the Capitals right. now yeah so I got guys got to agree with that then yeah, yeah.
0: so I, I, Islanders win gentlemen sweep Barry Trotz finishes off his former team in five games he he only let him win game four just as a respect thing he's like yeah hey, these guys got me a ring like that I'll I'll let him win one and uh, they they finish him off uh, they finished him off last night when you were listening to this so Islanders into the next round. And then I think would that set up Bruins Islanders potentially? Or so if the Islanders Do they reseed?
1: So the if the Islanders win, the they're the last seed. They're the sixth. Let's let's just assume Philly beats Montreal. If Philly beats Montreal, they play I, the Islanders and the Bruins play. Oh, the, and the
0: Lightning beat the Blue Jackets. That's right. which I'm
1: not looking for. I do if if they okay. do play the Lightning.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: speaking of that, so you know how I had Tampa last year yep. winning the Stanley Cup. I picked uh I picked Tampa again. Yeah. For like the gazillions. I picked Tampa every year. Tampa even, over Colorado.
0: Not, I have Tampa over Colorado. Yeah, oh, yeah, same. That that's my prediction. I'm 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 rooting for Vegas, but yeah, I got Tampa over Colorado as well. All right. Well, I think that, that's it. So Brian, it's uh it's been fun getting back together. Let's not wait three months for our next episode. Agreed. Maybe we'll we'll have been on next time to talk some football or, you know, someone else. Hey, if, if you're listening to this you're like, I want to be on a podcast, just, just hit us up. You know, we like having three people on. So, all right. So for uh, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. This just He's Done It. Thanks, everyone. so brian and i uh stuck on while uh he was he was uploading his his file to send over to me for the nba draft lottery and uh we just wanted to record again just to give an update so we made our predictions brian said golden state would get the number one pick i said minnesota and brian tell the folks at home what happened
1: uh i was very disappointed by what the result was that's exactly what happened (laughs) <laughs> Even though I'm not a Golden State yeah, fan a, whatsoever, I was disappointed.
0: Timberwolves get the first pick. The Warriors get the second gonna, pick. They're um,
1: gonna form a a big tandem. Assuming they, let's say they took Wiseman, like they could have them him and Towns
0: in the front court. No, I think that they're gonna take Anthony Edwards with the first pick. Anthony Edwards, okay, out of Georgia, and not and not, yep. not Lamelo as well. No, no, I think they'll take Edwards. We'll see. I don't know what's gonna happen. we were saying that this is a weird draft and that is not a clear cut number 1 you know clear cut number 2 however you look at it but yeah anyway i just wanted to jump on and point out that i was right so
1: should should we do a recording uh, after the nba draft and uh do s- we do a prediction for that and
0: <laughs> hey that's in october we'll 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 talk about <laughs> that all right all right this is a real ending <laughs>